0: call me on Monday. Do you guys do distance learning? And I said, Oh, absolutely. We do distance learning. Yes. Not a problem. I ran back over to Rich. I found him and I said, you're not going to believe I met the vice president of HR for JCPenney. She likes our stuff and she wants to know if we do distance learning. And he said, what's distance learning?
1: Welcome to the shut up show. This is the brave solopreneurs podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shung. Phil Gerbyshack. And we are live with another wonderful edition of Shut Up Chill. As usual, our guests get to see Bernie and I doing a little dance, not making any love, but we're getting down tonight. Today, with Andrea Waltz, the author of the awesome book, Go For No. Andrea, how are you today? I am doing great. I'm so glad to be doing this with you guys.
0: This is so much fun.
1: Woohoo! Yay! Yay. And for those who are just tuning in for the first time, stick around to the end. We're giving away a copy of Andrea's book, but we're not going to tell you how until the end. So you got to pay attention. Okay, pay attention. So I read Andrea's book, Go For No, that she wrote, what, Andrea, like five years ago? Six years ago, we first interacted.
0: You know what? Yeah. And and the book actually goes back all the way to 2000, believe it or not.
1: Wow. It's old. It's, old. it's an
0: ancient book. But the, the principles are timeless. So that's I, a good
1: thing. Yeah. I was just going to say, even though I read the book a long time ago, it's one of those things totally shifted my thinking about sales and possibility and about going for no instead of going for yes. And I'm going to tease you a little more with that as, as we talk about this and let Andrea describe But before we do, Bernie, our Chief Stalking Officer, is going to do a great job of introducing Andrea and explaining why she picked the Shut Up show. So, Bernie, over to you.
0: Well, apparently I took vacation away from my Chief Stalking Officer title for the first episode in 81 (laughs) episodes, Bill. Andrea, what you don't know is I'm typically out there doing all the background research on who we're bringing on. But because I knew that Phil was, you know, very familiar with what you do and we purposely wanted to take Green UI, I for the first time decided to go in blindly and not do much research about you at all. But all right. here's but here's what I will say, other than throwing myself out of my comfort zone. What I will say is the really, really cool reason why we brought you on the show, Andreas, because we were doing an episode just a couple of weeks ago. And Phil and I challenged ourselves to put ourselves out there. And ask for what we want. And we felt like how can we show up every week in front of our viewers and listeners and not go for the know ourselves? And so when Phil brought up your book, I said, Why don't we ask this Andrea person to come on and talk to our, our viewers and listeners about this? And thank goodness he said yes. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That is the perfect framework for, for having me on. So yes, congratulations to you guys. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank so, you. so I will kick off our conversation, though, by asking you our first question, though, Andrea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do know a little bit about you. I did go on your website. I did look up the book, Go For No. But um, take us through. Let, let's take a step back for our viewers and listeners. And let's walk them through. What were you doing before you do the work today? If you could kind of, like, give us a brief synopsis of that to kind of build the foundation of what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So, um, before my husband and I, my, my Richard Benton is the is the author um, of Go for No. I'm his co-author. That's kind of how I like to look at it. And we met at Lens Crafters. We were working in the corporate world, and he suggested to me we were we were uh, I managed a three million dollar store. He did a lot of the training for the company, and he suggested to me that we launch our own speaking and training company. That we leave the corporate world, and I was at the time. In my youth, I was about 24, 25 years old, and I thought, "Ah, seems like a great idea, right? I mean, why not? Now, of course, I was terrified, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. In fact, I bought a fax machine, and that, to me, was the symbol that I was in business. I had a fax. I mean, that's all you need, right? And we launched our business doing workshops uh, and training seminars for the retail industry. And so one of the stories that we would tell in a eight hour sales training or management workshop was a little idea about go for no. And at the end of eight hours, in a class, you know, of retail store managers, they would all say, "Wow, of everything that you guys shared, that go for no thing was the most powerful. And so after a couple years of doing this particular business, we said, you know, we should write a book just on go for no, let's tackle this one little issue, and see what happens. And so we wrote the book. Um, and you guys, this is a whole nother, another story I could get into. Um, you know, it didn't do a whole lot. It didn't do very well at first, actually. In fact, the go for no people were about ready to give up on go for no altogether. Um, and some things, some things happened to to keep us on the go for no path. And really, that's, you know, Bernie, you mentioned, you know, uh, reading it a few years ago. Well, really, we've, we've spent the last six years, I guess, building this go for no brand and doing nothing but focusing on go for no. So all of the things that we used to teach and train people on, um, kind of just fell away. We said, let's just become the go for no experts. So here we are. I love it. And, and he, here's why I, I think. Far too often when, and I'm speaking from the standpoint of being one of our viewers and listeners, they tend to be solopreneurs, right? Solopreneurs who are either straddling that line from corporate going into their own thing, or maybe they're wanting to go back into corporate, who knows? But I think what ends up happening is we get frustrated that we failed at that thing, right? That thing that we built. But I think far too often it's because we focused on so many things. I want to be the guy for everybody, right? In your case, you found that the people wanted this one particular thing from you. You guys listened to it and you became that guy for that one thing.
1: Yeah, and, exactly. Right? Yeah. And
0: let we <laughs> elaborate like, on that a little bit more. Absolutely. And that's really a, it's a scary thing to do because even before that, you know, we were still in a niche. Our niche was the retail industry. So, any shop, any store that you'd see in the mall, that was our potential customer. You know, we can help people sell better in the retail environment. Um, and so when we thought about go for no, we said, well, gosh, you no, know, no, we have to have an umbrella. We've got to have, you know, the big thing and we have to have all these offerings because you get, you get fearful that you could maybe lose a customer that you, you want to be all things to all people. And the irony is in becoming experts on one thing, If there's a VP of sales sitting somewhere, it doesn't matter where, and they're thinking, I need to help my people overcome fear of rejection. I think we're the go-to people for that now, as opposed to, yeah, we do customer service and management. And by the way, if you need, you know, productivity, no, 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 we don't do any of that. So it's a tricky thing. It's a scary thing to become an expert, I think, in that one niche topic. But to the extent that you can, I think it really helps your branding. It helps your messaging. And when you get into that, you find that you can take that topic, that little message of yours, and it, you can nuance it and you really can dig up and become an expert in that instead of just relying on the fact that you do 12, 14, 16 things.
1: Wow. Yeah. That, it's so interesting that you say that because that is an entrepreneur's fear that I have to do more. In order to be more, and you've found that being less, by being the no experts, that fear of rejection expert, that's really deepened things up. Did that, did that though come with any fear, Andrea? Were you worried that, oh my gosh, what if this isn't it? What do I, what do I do now? Was that ever crossed your psyche or are you just so confident that that never even crossed your mind?
0: (laughs) Fear, hesitation, Looking over our shoulder at every second, you name it, Phil, I'm telling you, Richard and I went through it. And his whole thing was, he used to say to me, he said, Andrea, he said, once you tell somebody, go for no, Well, the cats out of the bag. They know what you're talking about. They get it. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, so we have this little 80 page fable. There's, there's gotta be more to it. Well, you guys, we ended up creating a three hour training program. I do one hour webinars where i I could go for hours and hours on this subject. But at the time, yeah, we, we had a lot of fear around it. We, Rich had a fear that it wasn't enough and there wasn't gonna, there wasn't enough meat and there wasn't enough there, there. And I think, I think that it's almost one of those things that, uh, and believe me, we hemmed and hawed and debated and I could picture sitting in the car and battling it out, you know, um, because there is a lot of fear and hesitation and you just don't want to go down the wrong path. But the thing is it's like, you don't know that until you go down that path until you get down into it a little bit more. And and we said, okay, well, what if we create, you know, some training around this, we do this around this. And all of a sudden you see all of the nuances and the things that you can build and create around this little topic. And I think this is the case for almost everything. You know, once you too many people don't dig deep and they they don't really people don't, people don't change because they're not digging deep into the root of issues i think sometimes but we didn't know that until we went down the path uh and you know it did it took a lot of um just dealing with our own fears and understanding that you know what uh until we get into it we're not going to know and and it's a catch 22 sometimes you just have to take a chance you know, Andrea, I want to know about the early Andrea, and, and here's where I'm going with this. So, so I did read a little bit about your bio, and from the story you tell right now, it sounds like you know when you guys founded this business, you've iterated over the years since the 90s, right? But mm-hmm. somehow I suspect, and I don't know, I guess for Richard, but somehow I suspect for you, this may have started at a very, very, very young age. The whole going for no. Is there a defining moment in your life? Is there a story you can share with us? That talks about when you can remember the first time you started to face rejection in the eye and you went for it. And what happened? Yeah, um, <laughs> it has been a long journey for me. And you guys, I, I'll just preface and step back and say that uh, that when Rich shared go for no with me, we were still in corporate jobs and he taught the concept to me. And I used to think that I was a pretty darn good salesperson. And I thought, you know what? I need this. I don't go for no. I'm a pathological people pleaser. And to me, when you go for no, you run the risk of having somebody say no to you. And maybe they don't even like you as much as they liked you two minutes before. Right. And for me, that's like, Oh, no, you have to like me, you have to love me. And, and so I, I've, I've worked on this for years. Uh, I have, I'm sorry to say true, but, um, uh, it has been kind of an iteration but I think the first, the first time I really went for it. Um, and this is a great go for no, you know, lesson is we did a trade show. This was actually back when we first launched our business. We decided to go to ASTD, which is the American Society for Training and Development. We went to this big conference it was in San Francisco. You know, we shelled out a couple thousand dollars to go in the hotel and everything else, right? And we're there at a mixer and I see across the room the vice president, J.C. Pe- uh, of HR for J.C. Penney, and now this is a absolute perfect client, right? The ideal client, and I'm thinking that I need to go approach her and talk to her and strike up a conversation, and I'm just scared out of my mind, you know. And I feel like here's this powerful woman who was, you know, a little older than me and more experienced and everything, and here I am feeling like this child. Um, among all of these educators and trainers and things and feeling like kind of an idiot, to be honest with you. So anyway, I said, Andrea, you spent all this money. You better do something and, you know, go for no. So I walked up to her. I introduced myself. I gave her a book. At the time, it wasn't go for no. It was another book we had written for the industry. And she flipped through it. And she said, this is really interesting. Call me on Monday. Do you guys do distance learning? And I said, oh, absolutely, we do distance learning. Yes, not a problem. I ran back over to Rich. I found him and I said, you're not going to believe I met the vice president of HR for JCPenney. She likes our stuff and she wants to know if we do distance learning. And he said, what's distance learning? And I said, I have no idea, but we're going to find out. We're going to do this. And we ended up working with JCPenney probably six or seven times over a period of years. They were for sure our biggest client, maybe our biggest client ever, just in terms of you know the, the magnificence of the company you know it's an old you know great company um historic i guess you'd say so that was my first lesson that yeah you've got to put yourself out there and if you don't talk to people if you don't get out there and um that you know nothing's going to happen so you got to just put yourself in a position that yeah you could fall on your face and yeah she she could have just handed the book back to me and said no thanks but i wouldn't have known so that's that's a, a huge lesson. A huge, right. lesson to, a huge lesson to me. I gotta remember that all the time. <laughs> so that, that's, that's a huge lesson and I love it. And, and I want us to dig deeper there before we, we digress onto the next question. Um, why do you, Andrea, why do, you, without getting all Dr. Phil here, why do you believe we, we hesitate? Why do you believe we resist going for the ask? Right? I mean, if it's not just going for no, but just going for the ask at all and putting ourselves out there, where do you think that really comes from? Yeah, I think it comes from that desire to not be rejected. I think people have a natural aversion to looking like failures. They don't want to fall on their face. Um, and, you know, as we always talk, Rich and I talk all the time about it. Children, you know, they are so tenacious. They don't care who they mess up in front of. They, they'll do everything and anything they have to do to get what they want. They're just, you know, there's no fear there. Um, certainly no fear of looking like a fool. Uh, they, you know, they they're, they don't care. But with adults, you know, we we hesitate. We we have issues around asking because we're going to get rejected. We want people to like like us. That's kind of my issue. And I think there's this issue of I think a lot of people are perfectionists. They don't want to fail. They will go after something hard if they're pretty confident that they're going to get that yes. You know, they they have all the evidence in place that you know this person's going to say yes to me, and and so this will be easy. But when it comes to those Shaky things, or they're really putting themselves out there. They don't want to fail. Uh, they, may, you know, they don't want to look like uh, they're being aggressive in some cases. And so we've got some of these issues. And that's really what Rich and I spent a lot of time talking about: is those issues, um, the quality of the ask, perfect scripting. You know, all of that is is almost stuff we don't worry about too much um, because you get that with time and practice. But you have got to get over the underlying issues first. Phil, do you think we should
1: have Andrea dig into the book a little bit? Yeah, I definitely think so. Because I think the whole go-for-no concept is going to be very foreign to people. And once they hear it, it's going to be like, duh, why didn't I think of this? But you get so deep and make it so crystal clear, Andrea. I'd love for you to talk about that. And I'm going to tell you, we normally hate having our guests shield our books. But we really think this go-for-no concept is really, really going to help. The entrepreneurs and small business owners that, that, that listen in, that watch us. So please feel free. To tell us about this go for no. Give us some of the secret sauce. Please.
0: Okay. Secret sauce. Uh, the, the easiest way to, for me to communicate go for no is what we say is intentionally increase your failure rate. Go out and intentionally increase your failure rate. Intentionally go out and get more no's. And the, the book itself is a fable. It's a fable it's a story about a guy who's a we call him a reluctant copier salesperson and he uh, he's he's doing okay but he's not fantastic and his whole thing is he's kind of you know he kind of avoids rejection and does just what he can to get those yeses um, And so the book the book itself goes on to those to talk about those lessons but the real lesson that people get is the subtitle of the book which is, um, yes is the destination, but no is how you get there. And instead of living in a go for yes world, where you're just focused again, you're looking at all your opportunities and you're saying, you're picking and choosing and saying, well, who do I think will say yes to me and who will say no? It's about intentionally going for no, collecting more no's, asking for more things, um, which creates those opportunities. And yes, ultimately, you will, quote, fail more, you will hear more no's. And that's the difference is most people in today's business world think that hearing no is bad, so they do everything in their power not to hear no. And we say, no, intentionally increase that, and your opportunities will therefore increase, and things will happen and fall into your lap that maybe didn't before. And I'll tell you guys, you know, I do a, uh, I have a closed Facebook group where we have people who have done either this month or in previous um, months what I call a thirty day challenge. I call it a thirty day go for no challenge, where people challenge themselves to see how many no's they can get within a thirty day period. And it's really fun because people report back and they say, you know, um, I, I, talking to people, I'm, I'm selling, I'm, I'm going for no, and this person told me no, but they also then were willing to give me three referrals. Or they told me no, but I learned a whole new way that I needed to explain my product because the person, you know, at first didn't understand her. There's all these learnings from it, which is so much fun. When we just go for yes, we actually don't learn a lot. You know, we, we get the yes, and it's great, and we move on to the try to hopefully get the next yes. No's are so valuable, and uh, I think that's one of the things we also lose. We, we lose that learning process because we're so stuck in the mindset that the only acceptable thing for us to get as adult business people are yeses, when in fact we should be getting more no's. You know you know what I, lo- I love about what you said without saying it? I- I'd really like for us to kind of redefine what we mean by the word no, right? Because based on what you just said right there, no to me means no right now for what you're talking about but here are some things that might still help you or here are some ways that i think you can still gain from the experience right if we could put that into like a a sentence or a definition because i think a lot of the times when we hear no we think the absolute no get out of my face you suck you rot get out of here right so can you help us redefine what we might call a no situation yeah well First of all, we like to say that no doesn't mean never. No means not yet, um, and it can also mean a, a tremendous amount of other things. Um, when we get that initial no, and it's it's some it's there's so many opportunities to get no. It's hard to just put it into a little you know a, define it. Rich and I talk to salespeople mostly, so most of the time we're dealing with somebody who's asking for the sale. So in the situation of asking for the sale, and the customer says no. Well, now the next question is the real question is always. What do you do with that? So pretend it's a gift and you were just given this no. What do you do with it? Do you put it on the shelf? Do you hand it back to them? You know, you have all these, these opportunities. So if you see it as a gift and you say, okay, I'm going to unwrap it and I'm going to figure out what to do with it. And the number one thing to do is say, you know, okay, well, is this to the, this is to the customer, right? This is to your prospect or customer is, is this, is this a no, you know, never? Is this something or can I check back with you? because I know that things change in your life. I know things change in your business. Um, I know you're happy with your supplier right now. And that's cool. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad for that. But can I check back in six months just to see if maybe things have changed for you and your needs have changed. And so it's taking that no as a gift and then figuring out what you're going to do with it and understanding. And here's, here's also the key Bernie is that if they say, you know what, it's, it's just really a no, it's a no. and And I, I don't, see myself ever working with your company or with you or, you know, no harm, no foul, but I just don't, then take that and say, you know what, they just saved me a lot of time and effort and heartache and be okay with that and say, now I'm I'm kind of set free to go after all those people that, you know, would use my services, would buy my products and understand that there's value in that too. So for us, it's, it's you know, there's there's value in every part of the no process.
1: Wow. That's so unconventional and yet so stinking powerful, Andrea. That's, uh, that's so revolutionary that we can think about that. Especially, I love that you say, think of no as the gift instead of as rejection. That's, that's so amazing. So where did, where the heck did you get this? I mean, did this happen naturally? Were you, were you rejected a lot as a child and learned to spin this around or is it something that you and your husband, did, did he ask you to marry you 52 times and you said no and rebuffed him? So he was just persistent or what the heck?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I'm sure I
0: wasn't I rejected as a child because I was such a goody two shoes. I wanted everybody to love me, but, <laughs> um, well, here, the funny thing is there's a, there's a story in the Go for No book that happened to Richard, my husband, and it's kind of the central story. And he's a salesperson. A customer comes in. He has this, what he considers to be this great sale, and his district manager comes over and tells the character in the book, you know, he says, um, you know, yes, that was a great sale, but out of curiosity, what did that customer say no to? He asks the character in the book this after the guy had the great sale, and he says, he, the guy is thinking, well, wow, I just have this great sale, and you're still busting my chops, you're still asking me what the customer said no to? And he thinks about it. He says, well, the customer said yes to everything I showed him. And then the district manager's response was, well, then how did you know he was done? And he says in that moment, you know, it's that realization of I, you know, our our main character in this case, realized that he was afraid of getting that no. So he got all those yeses and then he was done. He he rung the customer off. He sent him on his way. And so this is a great retail, you know, it's a great retail story. This is what we told in our, in our retail workshops, but it's, it's kind of the foundation. It's the foundational story. And so we really, um, when we sat down to write our training program, we looked at all of the nuances and we looked at how to get nose and why to get nose and where, and what are all the things and, and what's all the psychology behind it. And then you guys, after doing that, um, We took about probably two or three years to create that training because we're perfectionists and we wanted it to be good. Um, Just doing calls and webinars and Q and A over the years, we've really it's just really helped us dig into every nook and cranny of this topic to bring out everything that we can and to really look at it in a 360 degree angle and say, okay, what are all the angles? And it's funny because it seems simple and yet. There's
1: a lot of angles, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Well, the simplest stuff is often the most powerful stuff. That's the stuff that gets us through, and it's the stuff that sticks with us. Because honestly, Andrea, I can remember go for no. I'm not real smart, but I got that down. Go for no. <laughs> right? Keep asking until you get a no, and mm-hmm. that totally makes sense. I mean, that was this that was the story that stuck with me too about the. So what did you get a no to? And I think about that, especially as an entrepreneur, and think, hmm, what am I getting a no to? Is it, you know, and, and and then if I get a no, what are they really saying no to? You know, I think that's also a helpful mindset to have. Right, are they saying no to me? Are they saying no to the offer? Are they saying no to the product or the service, the price, the timing? I mean, what is that? And there is so much there.
0: Yeah, there is. And you don't necessarily and this is the tricky part for people, because I know we, we we all want the information. and We want all of it now. You know, a lot of times if you get a no, you don't get to learn all of it now. You may be able to ask somebody, well, is this just a timing thing? And they may say to you, yeah, it's just a timing thing. Call me back, you know, call me back later. Um, and so you're left with the impression that the product's good, that you're fine, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know. And so sometimes you learn pieces, sometimes you can learn it all, sometimes it just takes a while. And uh sometimes you learn that, yeah, you're working with an unqualified person who can't make the decision and they don't they can't even use what you have. So you hopefully that's another reason to get to the no because hopefully that you can save everybody time and effort by moving on um from that as well. So it you know, takes some time to get skilled in that and to to, and I, I just want to make one comment too. You know, there's also that whole personal rejection thing. I mean, there's, there's, gosh, is it me? Do they just not like me? And the reality is, yeah. I mean, does it happen every now and then? It, you know, it happens to all of us. We all have our preferences, our our things, our quirks. We like one person, we don't like someone else. And the reality is, we can't let that bother us either. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Richard is, you know. The exact reason why someone rejects you today is the exact same reason somebody hires you tomorrow for that exact exact same quality or whatever it was about you. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it can be a little debilitating at first, but you've just got to understand that's that person. It's not about me. I'm going to move on and find the person who does want me. That, that's such Absolutely. a, that's such a great sheer moment to think about because I can't tell you wh- whether you're in sales or not. Anybody who's out in the business of offering some product or service to other people, this is something that we're all thinking about. And I think this is a perfect segue, Phil, for the magic question because she talked about fear right here. So you you thought we tripped you up with some tough questions. We've got an even tougher question for you, Andrea. And I'm uh-huh. going to have, I'm gonna have <laughs> Phil ask it. <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Yeah. So the, it's both a hard question and a simple question. The question is this, Andrea. Right now and what's going on in your business, in your life, what are you afraid of? And how can we, as Bernie and Phil, and how can we as the Shut Up Show community, how can we support that? How can we help you mm-hmm. overcome that so that you can fight through that fear and be successful? Oh my gosh,
0: that's a super hard question. What am I afraid of? Um probably afraid that I'm not working fast enough to get the message out um, I'm always you know we we our brand has been out for a long time and I want it to continually grow and you know develop obviously but you know I I feel like you know I'm on a time I'm on a time schedule here I've got stuff to do you know um, so it really is a fear of wanting to keep it going keep it relevant and that requires me to get in front of you know as many people as possible i mean it's kind of as fast as i can it's the same challenge i think every entrepreneur has um my i think um and to dovetail onto that you know fear of loss i don't want to lose out and have our brand become somehow irrelevant um because of just you know time um situations, stuff like that, because we've been out for a long time and I don't want people to think, oh, the go for no thing's been around forever. So that I think is my biggest challenge is just always keeping in mind, um, you know, how much time um, I have. I think that's common for every entrepreneur, though. I think that there's kind of always that fear that if you're not constantly innovating and constantly moving forward and And constantly pushing and pushing that somehow you're falling behind. So when it comes to you guys and the help, you know, the biggest thing I think people can do as far as I'm concerned is just spread the word. It's when you hear uh, someone who is fearful or anything that you think go for no can solve, point them in go for no's direction. You know, it's that's the simplest and easiest thing. I'd love to be that resource. I had somebody tell me one time, and I, I felt good about this, that they were in a coffee shop and they heard somebody talking about, you know, fear and fear of rejection and this stuff. And, and they leaned over and they said, Hey, you know, you need a book called Go for No. And I thought that is so cool that, you know, to, to know that people are out there, not only are they spreading the word, which is great for us, they're it's helping somebody who's sitting there stuck, you know, they're stuck. So for me, it's, it's just about sharing, um, Sharing the word and spreading the word because I I don't want to, I want to keep this ball rolling, you guys. And it just, uh it takes a lot of work and effort and people talking about your concept to keep it going. Really, that's the reality.
1: Yeah, that sure is. So So before we ask you the easy question, which is how do we find more of you? We're going to talk just quickly about the contest that we're going to have. And you'll notice that I put my Facebook URL now underneath there, facebook.com slash solopreneurspodcast. And what we want to know is, what is your reason for wanting a copy of the book? How would go For Now help your business? And then with Bernie and Andrew and I, we're going to talk about what the best one is. And we're going to pick a winner on how to do that. And we'll do this about two weeks after we post the episode. So you can stay tuned. We're going to post it to Facebook. We'll send it out. Our newsletter, and Andrea, if you'd be so kind to share it too, it'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we're going to give somebody a copy of the book to share this forward. So that's a little contest for one copy of Go for No. And now, if you can't wait for this contest, Andrea, how can they find out more about your awesome sauce, and where can they get more know?
0: Well, the easiest thing to do is easiest thing to do is go to goforno.com, obviously. Um, and I would love people to go to Facebook, which is fa- just Facebook forward slash go for no, because I do daily motivations. You know, I'm, I'm constantly posting things to keep people motivated and to re- remind them of the concept. So it's, it's one of those things where if you read the book, or even if you haven't read the book, you can go through and scroll through all the memes and scroll through all the lessons and all of that and, and get a lot of information and value from that. So Facebook for sure, too.
1: Motivation. You gotta love that.
0: Yes. Gotta love that.
1: (laughs) So get motivated, right? So go for no with Andrea Waltz. Andrea, thank you so much for being here with us. We are so grateful for your no nonsense, no BS, no (laughs) motivational attitude. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Bertie. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. You guys are great.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Shut Up Show. And remember, if you don't want to miss a single episode, go on to our website at theshutupshow.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, folks, shut up and make shit happen.